At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We have prepared, been preparing you guys for weeks for a Q3 earnings apocalypse. It is upon us with Microsoft and Google. Down both over 6%. But the spoos, the market, it's down 0.72%. What are they buying out there? What is the rotation? Is it buy the dip or did they already buy the dip? We're going to figure this out on today's pre-market prep show. And we're going to bring on Michael Hewson, chief analyst at CMC Markets, to get a view from across the pond. Mitch, let's figure this market out. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, guys, you see it on the screen. We're down uh, 28 handles here at 38.42 and a quarter, about 20 handles off the pre-market low and really only about 10 handles lower than that after hours print. So we're down, but not out yet. We'll see if what we can do with that uh, holding that pre-market low. Uh, the buck is down. That might be helping things out. Down 83 cents at 110 even. Uh, TLT has caught a bid couple days in a row up 61 cents and 95.70 crude having a good day giving a boost to that rotation in the oil stocks and a constant rotation up 94 cents at 86 and a quarter uh maybe your gold stocks are up gold up 16 bucks 16.74 silver up about 25 cents at 1960 bitcoin residing in the 20,000 handle up 310 at 20,615 and ethereum futures are up 34 bucks at 15.29 Let's bring on Triple D, who is witnessing this wicked rotation as we speak. Uh, Triple D, what? Well, there's some stock. I mean, the first thing I texted you this morning was, okay, why aren't we down like 50, 60 handles? I'm looking at Apple down 0.8%. Microsoft and Google, both over six. Amazon, three. Tesla down 1.42. What is holding this market up? A lot of stocks holding this market up, and I tweeted it last night. You could see it clearly after hours. It started right on the Microsoft report. They were hammering tech. They started buying 
a lot of other stocks and you could see it happening. So, you know, I was positioning too. I started buying value stocks for my overnight trading account and shorting tech. That was the play. Short tech, long, all kinds of other stuff. So if I'm looking this morning, banks slightly higher here, utilities higher, looking at the cruise lines, looking at the airlines, looking at the casinos, looking at the oil stocks, looking at the staples, looking at the cyclicals trading higher, looking at the IWM trade significantly higher. We do see this on the major tech reports sometimes. We I, I can remember from the last quarters, but the rotation is very pronounced here this morning. So you're seeing a lot of stocks actually trading green. If I look at my screen right now, just looking at you know the 200 stocks that I watch, I'd say over half of them are trading in the green, which is next to incredible with the S&P down this much. But you got to consider the S&P sell-off is all tech. I mean, yes. all tech. You got Microsoft down 6%. You got Google down 6%. You got Meta down 4%. You got Apple trading down 1%. I mean, that adds up to more. So they have to buy something to make it all add up. If the S&P only wants to be down 0.73% and all those top components are down 4 5 6%, then they got to buy something else to make the math add up, and they're buying the other components. And the other components that are non-tech are the ones getting bought because tech is an absolute mess here this morning. Even small tech, it's still a mess here this morning. But mega tech is the real mess, and a lot of stocks are actually holding up really well. So rotation again, keeping this market afloat. So is this it? Is this it for megatech? Is this it for computers? Is this it for technology? I mean, no, I wouldn't we- say that because just looking here. And obviously, you know, you know, we don't have a crystal ball or anything like that. But just looking, um, it's good news for this market that the S and P is holding mm-hmm. up this well. It's good news that you know you get a major warning from Microsoft, and the market seems to be taking it pretty much in stride. You can say, "What are you talking about, Dennis? We're down twenty-seven handles. You know, the Nothing. tech stocks are a mess." But there's so many other. It didn't spill over into everything. It just kind of spilled over into just tech. So I think that rotation being this pronounced is a sign that there's still a lot of people and a lot of algos that want to be long this market. I got a question for you. And let's go forward. Look, I'm going to throw a really tough question at you. Okay. Go ahead. We've been following the top, top components in the S&P for like 100 years now. And um, we got Apple, right? Microsoft. You know, I like to combine the two Googles and then Amazon and then Tesla. Okay. okay. So. In a year, okay, are these going to be still the top five components in the S&P? I mean, is this this like the rotate? I mean, we know it used to be Exxon Mobil and GE and CVX and JP Morgan and Procter and Gamble and Visa. And, and you know, the eight, nine, and ten rotate in and out. NVIDIA has been falling. Meta is about to fall out of the top ten. I mean, are we in for like a like a general you know generational rotation here? I mean, is it yeah. still going to be the big guns up there? And Mitch, you weigh in too because I don't have the answer. Oh, it's a fantastic question, Joel. And I don't think anybody has the answer. I mean, they're they're so far ahead. Maybe you can bring them up. Can you bring them up? Is there a um, way that you can show the percentages? Yeah, because yeah. they're so far ahead that it's going to take a while to take those out. But can you? have this 10-year tech bull run rotate and i never considered that a possibility rotate into all these forgotten stocks the stocks that really you know yeah a lot participated but there was a lot of stocks in the last 10 years that didn't participate nearly as much 
as the Microsofts and the Apples and the Googles. You know, they, you're talking about stocks that are up a thousand percent in ten years. There's a lot of stocks that aren't up nearly that. So, could you have a catch-up trade with all the value names, all the you know cyclicals, the stuff that hasn't you know energy for that matter, obviously as well. I don't know if anybody has the answer to that, but it's possible that you could have, you know, a prolonged bear market in tech, yet the S&P holds up well if that rotation still kicks in. I have one here, Joel, if you want. I, I threw Joel yeah, under the I'm bus to show, to show me a chart. My, uh, <laughs> um, I, I guess it's right theory and I'm like, show me a chart. <laughs> I got one. Yeah, no, show no. me a chart. Here you go. All right, mine's coming up. I, I just want to know that I'm like my internet is. You, you want to know percentages, right? Here, so What's if you lose me, you lose. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I, I, so we're here. seeing it now. Apple seven percent of the S and P. I don't know how up to date yeah. this one is. The money uh, match found, yeah, but you know, it be. gives you a good feel. Exactly. Microsoft five point seven. Amazon. So the top. So Microsoft and Apple are thirteen percent. That's incredible. Five hundred stocks make this up. <laughs> Microsoft and Apple thirteen percent. The Googs you combine them, so they're you know over three percent. Mm-hmm. Amazon's over 3%. Tesla's moved in 1.7%. And you got Burke. And then you got some sneaky ones coming in like J&J and UNH because they've held up fairly well on ExxonMobil. But, you know, you think about, you know, the underperformance even of the banks over the course of the last decade. I mean, yeah, we've come up from maybe 2008, you know, after the financial crisis. But, you know, some of these stocks were much higher. Like Citigroup never came back. You know, Citigroup is still a fraction of what it was. And those stocks aren't coming back. But could there be that rotation? Could everybody get screwed? Because everybody's portfolios are so heavily weighted tech. Exactly. Could we actually see? You I know, think... and, and in the last six months to a year, we have seen exactly this. Energy picking it up. So this isn't like a new phenomenon. Does the phenomenon continue, though? Everybody in the whole world, like you go on CNBC, is banking. Oh, eventually tech's the place to be. We're moving to technology. You know, everything's technology. Everything's all about that. But well, how maybe, long will that eventually be? Right. I mean, yeah. How long does this last? Exactly. How long does this last year move? Because it's a full move in the last year. How long does this move from tech to cyclicals to energy to banks to defensive to utilities? You know, not maybe utilities because they do their own thing and they've actually performed pretty well too. But I, there's an argument there. There's an argument there, Joel. And not to make things better, but of course, we've been talking about the tensions between China and the U.S. keep increasing in tech, right? More licensing issues, more kind of control on exports. I think this is not going to help overall tech. But I mean, I think that in the long run, of course, you want to probably be in tech. But how long down the line is that? And of course, we also would probably want to see these interest rates start turning around to help these growth stocks. I mean, there's some good arguments that maybe you don't want to be in tech, though, because, again, if you go back to valuation, valuation has ruled in the last year. It wasn't used at all, basically, in 2020 and 2021. It was all story. In the last year, you've seen lower PE stocks hold up fairly well. I mean, the drugs are forgotten. The drugs have been forgotten. You know, a lot of these drug stocks trading seven, eight, 12 times earnings at Gilead, completely forgotten. Is this their time? Is this market actually going to start to really look like a Gilead, the long-term chart, Joel, just making it. I got it. Yeah. Yep. Um, You know, but it's done nothing. I mean, it's done basically nothing for 
five, years. six, seven years. Yet it still makes money. So, but it's not just Gilead. You know, there's a there's a pile of other ones too. So I'm just, you know, I'm just making an argument here that there's could be this rotation that we're seeing today, and the rotation, this isn't rotations just started. It started really, you know, nine months ago. But there's an argument there that this could continue for the foreseeable future. So, I mean, I've had a lot of value stocks in my portfolio. Yours too, Joel. We probably yep. actually would benefit from this, although tech is a lot in our portfolios too. Although I've I've hedged a lot of the tech and sold a lot of the tech last year as I was, you know, talking about, you know, the coming, you know, you know, recession. So that's worked out okay. But there's a lot of stocks here that they're 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 actually outperforming. I mean, the, the XLV, even going to that, you know, look at the XLV. It's kind of starting to roar back. We're not that far from all time highs here. No, not so at all. There's nope. hidden bull markets in this nasty bear market. And it's clear today which those stocks are, which stocks those are. It's all the stocks that are green on your screen right now. Those <laughs> are the ones they've been buying on weak tech. So maybe it does continue. I mean, it's, I mean, I think uh, you had like the ultimate tech world, right? With the pandemic. Like if you didn't have, you know, everyone technology, the Russian yeah. technology, buying yeah. computers to work at home and everything. And, you know, I was just, I was just thinking about um, like, like the economy, like, is it tech, you know, do you want to be going into the tech sector right now? Do you want to, or do you want to like actually be able to, you know, have a trait where, you know, people need it, you know, and I'm, you know, the, the trades, getting people to do actual work around the house, construction and things like that. I mean, you know, it was tech, 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 tech for so long. I, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. We're, it's very pronounced on a day like this. Mm. Uh, but in, in let's go to the Google report first, because I've been thinking about this for a while. Like Google, like they split the company and they changed it. And because they were going to expand, right? And the reason they called themselves Alphabet is because weren't they going to have a company like of every letter of the alphabet? Is that what, they were, that, is that what the reason was for originally? Is that really? Or did it? I make? Did I make? No, that I up? think I think you're onto something. I think that I did hear that too. <laughs> Maybe me and you just dreamt that up, but he just uh, getting lost in the alphabet soup. That's what I would say. Uh, alphabet soup here. Q3 EPS coming in at a dollar six, missing the dollar twenty-seven cent estimate. Sales at sixty-nine point nine billion, missing the seventy point nine one billion estimate. Q3 Google search and other revenues were at 39.53 billion. Google cloud revenue at 6.86 billion. And Alphabet's total quarterly revenue growth getting crushed from 41% to 6%. Uh, YouTube ad revenue at 7.071 billion. Uh, YouTube revenue declined for the first time since Google started reporting the division earnings separately. Um, I'm long Google long-term account. One of the tech positions I did not hedge. I've been long it for over a decade. I'm going to hold on to it. Um, I got to have some tech exposure and I still like this one, but it's come off significantly. Valuation's reasonable. It's going to be a victim if we do go into a recession. It's going to be a victim if we're not spending as much on advertising. And obviously Google's a huge part of that. I just don't know if I think, you know, that I need to sell my Google that there's, you know, major problems coming here and it's going back like 50 bucks. So I'm sticking with Google, but do you come in to buy at the lows? I mean, you could, 
the low of the move is 98, 95.27. I mean, that's, yep. that's, that's the level it's got to hold because the stocks are making new lows. You got to go. And new lows on the move would not be good for this name. Um, I'm not sure if they're going to come in and buy the dip on these. It's a really tricky day because the market's holding up so well, it makes you think, well, maybe eventually they just come and buy the dip on tech too. And this market closes green. I could see that happening. The buy the dip mentality is there. There's money managers that are coming this morning licking their chops saying, I need some exposure. I've missed you know, the, the recent two-week run. Now all of a sudden I get a shot at Google near the lows. I get a shot at Microsoft you know, over halfway back to those lows. There's an argument here to buy the tech stocks on the pullbacks. I don't know if I'm in that camp or not yet, but I want to see after the open. I might be. A street leaning the wrong way into this report because we uh, had a strong market, and so that that moved the last you know last three days that absolutely crushed people, right? Oh, they're finally going to have a good report. I mean, you know, blow it away. So that that exacerbated that made this big straight down line in the first right after the report was released. Um, you've given back, you know, about a half. I, I'm not going to make any calls on the low of the move here. I'm just. When I when I look at the the fifteen minute and I look at the sixty here, ninety nine just sticks out to me. And we're below ninety nine right now. There's someone's got there. There's a seller there. If they could take out that seller at ninety nine, then I'll look for it to rally up into yesterday's. You know, more into yesterday's range. As long as you stay under ninety nine, I think you know the bears are are still in control here. So just you know, focus on ninety nine for Google right now. It stands as resistance uh, down 687 or 6.5%. I'll be watching for the takeout on the daily pattern. Daily pattern looks really bearish for me now. Um, you got the three highs, yeah, three yeah, resistance. Yeah. Um, that's exact pattern that I look for all the time. Now we shouldn't get through that resistance. So that's another level maybe for the bulls to watch. If we could get back towards, let's say, 104, then you get back out of this bearish pattern. But the daily pattern now has three highs all around, um, let's say 103.80s, 104. And with that, I think it's a completed bearish pattern. Now I'd look for it to take out the lows. We'll see what happens. All right, let's go to the next report, of course, that shook everybody up, which was Microsoft. Let's go to Microsoft and talk about what's going on there. Q1 EPS coming in at $2.35, beating the $2.32 estimate. Sales at $50.1 billion, beating the $49.84 billion estimate. Revenue for Microsoft Cloud segment was at $25.7 billion in the first quarter, up 24% year over year. Uh, more personal computing slowed down in the quarter, slightly missing expectation. Azuri revenue grew 35% in the quarter compared to 40% growth in the previous quarter. Xbox-related revenues down 3% year-over-year, and Windows OEM revenue down 15% year-over-year. Um, last quarter, Microsoft reported was down initially, and then the conference call happened, and they ripped the stock yeah, remember that? the conference yep. call. The exact opposite happened this quarter. It was down, well, not the exact opposite, because it was down initially, so it's setting up, and I was like, are they going to do the same thing? Then the conference call came out, and the guidance wasn't good this time, and they hammered it. And I mean hammered it. It was during the S&P closure between 5 and 6. So you won't see it on the futures, but the SPY starts to get hit, obviously, during that time. And they hammered, you can point to it, Joel, like a 245, you know, Microsoft was trading conference call, and boom, they hammered this down to 231. In about Whew. 10 minutes. Like they just hammered it. 
And it's bounced. It was a little overshoot, 231, but it's holding down here. So it's not like they're buying this thing right back. So they're skeptical. This is a big sell-off. Microsoft is not that far from the 52-week low here uh, now. So obviously that comes into play at 219. We're not going to see it today, but it's the next level you would think about if you want to really get bearish. I do think there's going to be money managers that come in and buy the dip for the simple reason is that the last, you know, two, three-week rally that we've had overall, I guess you could call it a two-week rally, that there is money managers that are just looking to get back in. And Microsoft and Google are two names I'll be looking to buy. So that makes me not want to short it in the hole. Oh, yeah. And I'm very curious, you know, after the open, what's going to happen. So You don't think they were already in? What's that, Mitch? You don't think they were already in before this report, leaning bullish? I think there's some, it was some people in leaning bullish, but I think there's a lot of money sitting on the side still. I think okay. I'm sitting on the side still. Like, I think I'm yeah. pretty typical where I've got more cash than normal. Do I, I don't have any Microsoft. Do I need to put that to work? I'm not putting it to work at 24 times earnings. Mm-hmm. That's still what it's trading at. It's not cheap, but so it's not my cup of tea. But would I buy Google if I didn't own it? Maybe. If I'm that money manager, though, that, you know, you don't want to get left in the dust because it's one thing when the market goes down and you're all losing, but it's quite another when the market goes, <laughs> goes up, up and you're not making as much as the other guy. That yeah. is the real fear for a money manager that's not managing their own money. And I mean, that's the majority of the money out there. That's the truth. You know, they're not managing their own money. They're managing fund money. They're managing, you know, ETF money. They're managing, well, not so much ETFs because they're just chasing, but these funds, the money managers... Their biggest fear is to underperform the, the, the next guy. So I think if they're sitting with some cash, I think that they'll be putting it to work on the pullbacks. I don't know if they go to the leader Microsoft, but I still think this market could close green today. Um, boy, oh boy, as good as that 99 number was in, uh, in Google, uh, 235 is the number in Microsoft for a couple different reasons. I like, I like to see, you know, confluence. You had to move, let's call it 220 to 250. That's halfway back, right? At 235. Also, you got a series of four lows right in this area, right at 235. So after the big boys missed the pop off the, you know, the CPI, uh, you know, low that day, then they stepped it up at 235. We're trading under 235 right now, but that's my level of control. It's halfway back. If you thought you missed out, buy the dip, 50% retracement. Not only am I going to be watching 235 today, but I think moving on, if the bulls can't like establish like, okay, 235 bid, we're holding 235. We're going to work our way to 240. Then I don't know. I think you prepare for, I don't know. The next daily low comes in at 228.34. I don't think we're going to get to see that today unless the market completely craps out, which it's kind of, I mean, we're weak now. I mean, the tech is starting to overrule the buying and those other things. We're down uh, 33 handles, but 235, keep your eye on that for mr softy yeah i would be stunned if these can come back and get into the green yeah Dennis, i don't know your green call no. today that's that's a, i mean I'm okay stop home. stop because people put words in my mouth i never say anything about microsoft going green no no, no. We didn't, I I didn't, that's not what i said that's not, i'm saying i, said I think the market. the s&p could yeah, go green the market overall yeah. I, I, i'm just so I, I, not because because you know it sounded like you know and, and this is what happens and it's kind of my pet peeve maybe you didn't mean that mitch but i'll say something and people hear what they want to hear. Of you know, course. when you're talking to 5,000 people, you know, yeah. or, you know, like, and we get five to 10,000 people yeah. that actually chime into the show a day. There's always somebody that hears what they want to hear. They're half listening. 
So mm-hmm. they're like, Dennis just said Microsoft can go green. I no, said, no, 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 no. Yeah. I said, that's why close. I said it would stun me if Microsoft could go green. Yeah. yeah, and I did not say that. Me. I said the S&Ps are down said, 30. I, yep. I'm looking at the IWM trading up a buck. And I'm saying, can the rotation pull this whole market green? I think so. I think it could. I'm not saying it's going to. Nobody has a crystal ball. And again, this is the toughest market to call the toughest market to call that I've possibly ever seen. So it's about, you know, like, again, going back to that Goldman Sachs guy, I keep saying it, you know, he was saying this market, nobody knows what to do. We are in the same market. Nobody to call this market day to day is almost impossible with, you know, using the Tommy Lackey term, you know, with the tape bombs that happened and we got right one there. last night with Microsoft. <laughs> I mean, you, you don't know what the next tape bomb is going to be. It could be positive news. You know, we have so many balls that are yeah. juggling here. So that's why, to Mitch's point too, he was saying yesterday, it's a day trader's market right now. Yes, Day is. trading. You know, because even if you're in intraday, you know, you yeah. can avoid the news to a certain extent or hedging yourself out. You know, I hedge my overnight positions out. You know, if I'm getting long a tech stock, I'm getting short another tech stock. If I'm getting long a Chinese stock, I'm getting short another Chinese stock because I don't want to be like just boom, all in China and falls 15% on me in one day. So, I mean, that's the way that I'm playing this is still market neutral. You know from listening to this show that, you know, I bias myself a lot of times. You know I try to make calls. I love making calls. I'm not going to go out on a limb here and say, you know, that we absolutely are going green. I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised. So it wouldn't surprise me if we sold straight off. It wouldn't surprise me if we go green. This market is trying to find a reason to buy it, though. You can kind of feel that. So I'm yeah. being cautious with my shorts right now. But I'm not saying I'm necessarily just coming in here and buying. And I, I think Microsoft could bounce back a bit. I think there's zero chance Microsoft you know, can bounce back $15 here even in the next couple of days. So well, let's, I, let's again, continue you got to pick going. the spots. Let's go. Yeah, I just want to say one general thing when we were talking the last couple of days about the, you know, the rally in the S&P and I mean, even in Coca-Cola yesterday, right? I mean, that thing, you know, opened up near 59 bucks. I mean, and we talked about, you know, this market has been giving you second chances, right? There has been some pretty. So what, you know, what you got to analyze today is, you know, this, you know, you missed out on the rally. We're, you know, over 300 handles off the low. You know, it's just a little dip, you know, it's not much of a dip. Considering we've had a 300 point rally, this is, uh, or more than 300, right? Because we got to, uh, three, we got to 3870 yesterday. Show so. that S&P overnight chart here. Okay. They're showing Coke and nobody gives a crap about Coke. Show you want the spider? Or no, the show the S&P futures overnight oh. because there's so much action. The S&P futures overnight. Exactly. Show, that, that gives this us is a little the bit 15 better. minute. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So. You know, so we take Can it back to the big... four o'clock close where we got hammered, obviously, off Microsoft and Google. There's We've the trying to claw our way back here. We never, did, we never got to scratch, did we? We never got to no, scratch, right? No, no, that's way up there. That's way up there. I, I mean, I'd be surprised if we saw a scratch today. That's that's thirty handles away. Yeah, uh, but we've got half of it back. Yeah, which yep. is pretty impressive too. From the overnight lows, maybe not quite. At one point, we had over half of it back. We did. We're right now. We're halfway back. 
And when I uh, when I said when I contacted you this morning, and we were up like eight nine handles from here, and I'm like, are you kidding me with all this tech being down like that? So right now we are halfway back. Uh, the low was made. Uh, so this is a six p.m. open. So they hammered it. They hammered it. We we caught. Uh, this was just about eleven o'clock at night, or this is ten o'clock. So this is nine o'clock at night, and then this is the you know the the drift overnight. Europe opening here. Buyers come in at 4 a.m. by the dip. We we actually got within like 13, 14 handles of uh, unchanged here. And that was at about 4.30 this morning. But uh, let's let's do some more earnings reports here because we, we got a lot. Which one do you want to do, Mitch? You do. Everybody, please put your seats in the upright position. Strays up because <laughs> Boeing is about to take off. Let's talk about <laughs> Boeing here as they come good. in with their report. That was one of my favorite Mitch moments since he's I'm yeah. trying, I'm trying to get there. better, guys. Trying to get better every you're, day. You're, it's, it's a solid Q3 EPS coming you in. Yelled at him enough, I, you yelled at him enough. He lost six dollars and eighteen cents. <laughs> no, so might not do. compare to the seven cent estimate. A little bit off there. About six dollars and eleven cents on the EPS. So let's talk about that. Uh, sales at fifteen point nine six billion, missing the seventeen point eight three billion estimate. Boeing reported charges in its KC forty six tanker and the Air Force One programs. Looks like it took a three point three billion dollar uh, quarterly loss in that area of their revenues, and definitely not what they wanted to see there. EPS coming in at a loss of six dollars and eighteen cents, and it's up. Well, they they the algos hammered this on the initial print, and then they're like, "Oh crap, this is non-tech. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the day to hammer non-tech." And then they bought it all the way back up, and now they're realizing, "Oh yeah, but the earnings are really bad, so it's starting to sell off again." On a normal day, Boeing gets hammered on this, but because it's non-tech, and today algos are buying non-tech, that's the only reason it bounced back. I'd use it as a selling opportunity here. This quarter was a mess, but. With that being said, it's non-tech, and non-tech is back in favor right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Pass on this one. Tough, tough. 
puff talk. I, yeah, Mitch, you, you can Good do pass. the technicals on this one. I'm, just, I'm not even going right, right. to right. give a lava. I, mean, I had a seller 150. That's where Kiss <laughs> Pre Market kind of stands okay. out. It was the high Good. back on September the 21st. He's in the Joel Conan uh, levels theory here. 150 major resistance for BA next stock because we don't really like this one uh, yeah, from a calling the- perspective. Tough to call this one. The one thing I would say is this has had an eight-day green streak. Maybe the ninth day, it might not be ending green, right? I mean, eight-day green streak, sometimes things start turning around. We'll see what happens there. Let's go to one more report. I think we can get in before our interview. Excited to get towards that. Uh, Let's go to getting the Chipotle ready. Who wants their burritos? Let's talk about it. Looks like Chipotle coming in with adjusted EPS at $9.51, beating the $9.16 estimate. Sales at $2.2 billion, missing the $2.23 billion estimate. Chipotle Mexican Grill says it experienced minimal resistance to price increases in Q3. It did say, though, in Q3, they're seeing a widening trend of by income levels, right? Lower income consumers uh, reducing frequency. And higher income, of course, coming uh, more to purchase frequency. So what you're seeing there, of course, is them calling out the consumer, showing that the consumer is starting to show a little bit of strap for cash. But, of course, those high-end consumers still lining on up for their Chipotle. And it doesn't seem too bad. Get a little side of guac while you're at it. Oh, the algos. Oh, those algos. They just like <laughs> buying stuff. But again, you can say, oh, Chipotle is non-tech. Chipotle is high PE, though. That's, you know, one thing. I throw actually Chipotle into the tech bucket a lot of times when I'm hedging it and doing different things. Really? It's high PE. Because it's high PE. Because it's so yep. high PE. Wow. Yeah. It's like low PE, high PE to a certain extent sometimes. And, you know, high PE, not the day for high PE here either. So anyways, but... It, 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 it's obviously the guidance or something on the call because it was up for a bit and then they got hit. So looking down here, it's got <clears> hammered back. I mean, obviously sell the rip worked well here last night. Now it's a tough call because they already had the rip. Sell the rip worked. It was higher P. It's back down. What I can tell you guys is not going to help you at all. And I would have said, you know, it, it, it you know, resistance, right? But that's like a, what, 100 and uh 1600 hmm. i'll keep an eye on that keep an eye on these three highs if uh 1587 we're not too far from that uh 1588 wow boom i mean there, there's what the bulls did 1591 yesterday so that's the only good number i could give you if they they could bust it through there but man that's that's major resistance wide open on the upside where to buy this thing i I, I don't know what what uh, yesterday's low is being. Uh, well, you're still looking at your two day low at fifteen thirty eight. But uh, another tough one. The other one too with with the CMG and it's not a reason. You know, like if their stocks are short, not to short. I mean, what are they going to come out with a stock split? You know, one of these days. And you, you know what I mean? <laughs> split it, the burrito, man. Just cut yeah. it in half. Come I ain't there once, and I wasn't. Too <laughs> they like the high that. price stock. It's the cool thing to it's do. It's a now. cool thing to do. Okay. It is. Well, cool thing to do one now. thing it does is it avoids that like cult like following, right? And it avoids all those kind of meme plays out there. I think that some stocks try to avoid all that risky situation. And this is clearly one that it's avoiding it. Um, let's do one more. We can sneak one in since we're doing a lot. Let's keep it, let's keep it rolling here. Let's do Kraft Heinz. I said it right. 
There we go. Crap right. Hines, Q3, EPS at 63 cents, beating the 57 cent estimate. Sales <laughs> at 6.5 billion, beating the 6.27 billion estimate. Kraft Heinz did reaffirm full year 22 organic net sales growth of high single digit percentage. I had to take Spencer to the bus. I got an intruder here. So oh, she's still got- sick, so she can't go to school. And mommy had to take the boy to the bus stop. So I've got her for about two minutes on my own and she burned. The price is right. <laughs> Come on. Say hi, down. Natalie. Say hi. Hi, this Natalie. is what five days of sickness looks like. It's a little bit rough. <laughs> oh, okay. It's, you, okay. You hang okay, in there, you Natalie. Gotta, you oh, hang in there. Go get your toast. Yeah, toast. yeah, yeah. Go it's make all toast. about the toast. Hey, Dennis, you got to quit doing her hair, man. Is, isn't I that know, nice hair she's got there? <laughs> this guy thinks he's a hairstylist now. Okay, I'm going to take one out of Dennis's book here, and I'm going to say, if you're buying this at $38.50, you're doing it wrong. Mm. Because that's where the thing, that's what crap, that's how much it moves in a month. And uh, so, wow, big pop, pulled back to 37.80. Still a big, this is still a big move to the upside here. Um, this 38, I don't know. I'd be more to be inclined to buy her in the lower 37 handle. Uh, 37.18 was uh, yesterday's. So I'd be more inclined to try and buy it in that area than trying to uh, pick a spot to sell because there's not much up here. 38.48, if you were looking at uh, your September 2nd high, you would have got a nice trade-off. But boy, oh boy, big move for Kraft Heinz. Again, benefiting directly. And I can say this rotation, when you're in the actual queues and Kraft Heinz is a member of the 100 QQQ, you have seen those stocks directly get benefited from the rotation to non-tax. So this is all ETF effects to a certain extent. Obviously, the company, don't kid yourself, the earnings matter. But there's probably a bias ahead of this by the algos to buy this stock because it's a member of the QQQ and it's non-tax. So you got to keep those, that in mind when you're trading You know those members. There's about 20 of them. Obviously, Mondelez, there's a whole pile of them in there. I actually have positioned a couple of these stocks. But keep in mind that when you're getting rotation and we're seeing clearly into non-tech, those members from, from tech to non-tech, those members of the QQQ that are non-tech are the first ones that benefit. And if you go through the 20 components that are non-tech, they're almost all in the green today. I mean, Starbucks, Walgreens, um, I'm just going off my head, PepsiCo, have a position in a couple of these. Um, okay. day trading positions, but just saying that the, the rotation here um, is very clear. And when they're members of the QQQ, it's hard. It's hard it to like, you know, to put those glasses on. Right. And then say, you know what? Yeah. The market's down. Yeah. These stocks are getting hammered. But if you look at the, you know, the arbitrage, you're right. And it's, it's sticking out right in front of you. I'm looking at bank America yeah. and JP Morgan, they're scratched, but, you know, but uh, anyways, let's get a view from across the pond here. Let's bring Michael Houston. He's the chief market analyst at uh, CMC markets. Uh, he joins the show oh, about once a month. Soda. To give us a view, Michael, how you doing over there? What do you what do you think of mm. the tech wreck here in the US markets? Yeah, um, well, I'm struck by the fact that your markets look fairly resilient at the moment, despite the fact that Google missed last night, Snap missed last week. Met is probably going to take a face plant later tonight on its numbers and Microsoft's numbers on the face of it. I actually didn't think they were that bad yet. Um, you know, that they're, they're, they're selling off. So I think what's happening and I could well be wrong and I stand ready to be corrected is that 
you've got your guys' markets are rallying on an expectation that we might see some for, some form of pivot next week, rather than on any earnings expectations um, or improvement in earnings expectations over the next three or four months. Could be wrong on that, but certainly the bond markets are telling me yeah. that uh, Mary Daly's comments last week could well be slightly more widespread on the FOMC than perhaps was first indicated. I'm not convinced. I have to say, I'm not convinced. All right. Uh, I, I agree. I mean, we've been we've been hearing about this Fed pivot and, you know, mm. maybe that's going to be the, the predominant uh, predominant factor moving forward. But uh, let, let's talk about what's I, I heard that, like, you may be the next prime minister or something like they, <laughs> they, they change. Like, 45 days, 45. Yeah. Days. How long? On. How long can uh, long? The, the new one stay in there? Boy, you guys got a lot of turmoil going on. Talk about the British pound. Talk about, yeah. you know, the policies that the, you talk about a pivot. Oh, we're, 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 we're cut attack. No, we're not. I mean, you guys got a lot going on there T- talk about we, what's we going on war effects and how it could potentially affect our markets. I, th- I think the one thing that we can say is that if we don't like a particular leader, we can get rid of them pretty quickly, unlike yourselves, perhaps. That is um, true. Whether, that is. Whether, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, only time will tell. But, but I certainly do say this. I think, judging by the movement in gilt yields that we've seen over the past few days, obviously markets think the Rishi Sunak is the better option. Of course, whether the Conservative Party rank and file think that, is another matter, and certainly I think those of those of those MPs who've been slighted for cabinet positions um, think that is another matter. But for here and now, the budget statement has been pushed back to the 17th of November, and yet if you look at the gilt market and the pound, um, there's been nary a reaction on the on, on the back of that. So, um, but I, what I, what I would say is that this fuss about the budget, I mean, for crying out loud. You know, they're talking about $45 billion, $45 billion pounds of unfunded tax cuts. Now, you can argue whether or not that's a good idea or a bad idea. Um, the timing of it was lousy. And I think that was more than anything else what did for the last prime minister, the fact that it came just after the Federal Reserve had raised rates by 75 basis points and was looking at doing another 150 between now and the end of the year. Whether that continues to be the case, obviously, is open to discussion, and we'll know more about that um, perhaps in just over a week's time. But you know, when you talk about fiscal black holes of sixty billion pounds, and you're doing an energy price bailout of around about that amount, and gas prices of more than halved, you're talking about a fiscal black hole that may or may not exist. You know, and that's the big—I think—that's the big conundrum that markets here are wrestling with, notwithstanding the turmoil in the gilt market. So for me, I think that this was a little bit of a self-inflicted crisis, a crisis of bad PR over substance. And ultimately, the last thing that this country needs now is tax hikes and spending cuts, because you certainly do neither of those things in the middle of a potential recession or an economic slowdown, which is essentially what this country is facing. But unfortunately, this is where we are right now. And it's not a particularly great place to be. Of course, some of the biggest concerns are in energy. And there's been mm. talks, you know, all throughout summer about natural gas. But it doesn't seem like it's gone really into crisis modes. What do you think is happening here, Michael? Well, I think we're helped by the warm weather here in the UK. It's 20 degrees here in London. Um, and we're almost in November. 
Now, how often can you say that in the winter? You know, I've been in New York on occasions where it's been 20 degrees in November, but then overnight it drops to below freezing. We're not going to get that here. So gas reserves here in Europe are very, very high, around about 94, 95%. And that's why you've seen gas prices fall precipitously over the course of the past few weeks. We've got a surplus of gas. We've got nowhere to put it. And ultimately, um, it's just building up in tankers offshore. So that's why gas prices are lower. The bigger problem, I think, is not so much this side of 2023. It's in January and February next year. Do we, does the weather turn cold? Do, do, do those reserves fall off quite quickly? Because Putin's made it abundantly clear Nord Stream 1's not going to reopen. Nord Stream 2's not going to reopen. So the big test, I think, is yet to come. And that is January next year when those reserves, which are currently 94, 95% full, start to drop below 30 or 40%. Uh, looks like the chat is saying 68 degrees Fahrenheit. That's warm. Man, don't want to be there oh, in the wintertime. Right. 68? <laughs> that's shorts yeah. weather. Yeah, I mean, 20, 20 degrees Celsius. 68 to 70 is shorts mm. weather. Uh, yeah, so I just well. uh, just staying along this theme here, the energy. Uh, mm. So what, um, your energy bill, I mean, is it like in a fast market? I mean, you talked about it. It, it increased a, a crazy amount. I think we were talking to you about a month ago. So. Yeah. Are they going to end up owing you money this month? Or? <laughs> Let's talk about that, the volatility there. I hope so. Well, the energy price cap is set at £2,500 um, for the year. So that's going to last until the end of March next year. The current government will then review it in light of where gas prices are likely to be. It's certainly, at current price levels, may not be anywhere near as much as people think that it will. I already got my first monthly rebate um, on my energy bill of £66 a month, and I will be getting another £66 in November and another £66 in December, and I pay £143 a month, but I'm on a fixed rate, which is fixed for three years, which I fixed last year. So I hedged my, um, <laughs> yeah. I hedged my energy quite nicely. Thank you very much. I want to talk about uh, what's today, Wednesday. I want to talk about Monday in the markets. I mean, this has just been a, a bizarre week. I mean, you you have, uh, you know, the uh, uh, the FX side, the Chinese markets. I mean, mm -hmm. just getting absolutely pummeled. And for a long time, I mean, that would that would be bad for the U.S. market, right? You know, yeah. kind of following. And and instead, you had the opposite. Is this just like a is this just like a short term like phenomena that's happening here? I mean, it just can't be. Well, you know, sell the world and buy the U.S. Here, give us you. Mm -hmm. I mean, that seems so long ago. Uh, you know, we're looking at Microsoft and Google Day, and the S and P is continuing to leak. But talk about that. Is that just a a, a quick phenomena, or could it be uh, true? Know, well, I mean, you look at China, and I think. You know, given what's happening over there, I think China's becoming uninvestable. Um, you know, unless you see a significant change of strategy from President Xi, this zero COVID strategy is likely to hobble China's domestic economy, let alone its export capability for quite some time to come. Why would you want to invest in China? Um, and I think that's I think that's the um, elephant in the room at the moment. I don't think markets are fully pricing that. What we're seeing at the moment is very much, I think, a technical rebound. It's interesting to know, if you look at the S&P, if you look at the NASDAQ, 
we're retesting the 50-day moving average. Now, that's not to say that we can't go further higher. I think there's certainly potential for us to do that, most definitely. But the test of 3,500 on the S&P, that's a nice rebound. I think we could potentially go back to 4,000 in the short to medium term. Does it mean we're out of the woods? I don't think it does. And I think that, for me, is the big test. Also, Apple's numbers later this week. Apple's been one of those stocks. I love Apple. I think it's a great company. You know, it's a cash machine. But ultimately, the fact that Apple is offering discounts on iPhones in China, what does that tell you? They're concerned about demand. Elon Musk, again, cutting prices on Teslas in China. What does that tell you? He's concerned about demand. So I think that could be the catalyst for a meltdown. We're not seeing yet US markets, and I think that's largely on the back of this so-called Fed pause, pivot, whatever you want to call it. Um, but ultimately, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I, but, you know, with these markets, it's so difficult to tell. I mean, these markets are the hardest, I think, that I've yeah, seen them in the last 30 years. Well, Michael, we have a CEO that's always talked about Tesla and being in, uh, he used to say that you're going to see Tesla in every parking lot. Um, I would love to get your perspective across the pond, how the EV demand is going. EV demand is picking up. I'm not sure it's the silver bullet that people like to think it is, because for me, I think here, if you compare what it costs to recharge a Tesla over here to how much it costs to put gasoline in your car, it's actually cheaper to put gasoline in your car. And ultimately, where is all this cobalt, lithium and copper going to come from to build all of these electric cars? You know, for me, I think Tesla could be the old Betamax or VHS Betamax story. I think the future oh. is in hydrogen, hydrogen cars, because there just isn't enough um, rare earths in the world to, to create the number of batteries you would need to replace all the petrol cars um, globally. I just don't see where that growth is going to be sustained. I just don't. And I'm probably going to get a lot of hate mail for that, but you know, hey ho. <laughs> hey, that's it. That, that's uh, that's all being part of uh, Benzinga's pre-market prep show. Uh, but uh, let's uh, let's just talk about you know the rest of the you know the earnings season. We got the big guns here. Uh, we still got Apple, you know, mm. on deck. Uh, Meta, which had a, just an incredible uh, incredible day yesterday. Uh, now giving some back today. Uh, so you're, you're going to stick with it. It's like the, the reason we've had this rally is because of a potential Fed pivot. And mm. like, so these earnings, I mean, the bank earnings were good. That was a nice surprise. So that's what, what are you looking forward for the rest of uh, Q3 earnings season? Yeah, I mean, bank earnings are a, were a surprise, but were they really? I mean, I think what I was struck by with bank earnings was actually the low levels of loan loss provisions. And ultimately, if you're lending money at 5% and offering your depositors half a percent, you ought to be making money. I mean, you're not just making money, you're ripping your, you're ripping your depositors off. So, you know, for me, the banks should be making money. You know, as, as you go forward in, in, in terms of, of tech, I think for me, the, the biggest concern, I think, is very much if Apple misses. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, how does the market react to that? Amazon, again, you know, they've got a diverse business model. I think they'll survive no matter what, whether it be streaming, whether it be prime, whether it be cloud or what have you. There's, they've got a part of their business that was pr probably always likely to do well. But for me, I think it's really about earnings growth. And earnings growth is likely to be an awful lot weaker over the course of the next six to 12 months and markets are currently pricing.
and I don't think that shoe has dropped yet. All right, now I'll ask you about Airbus because we don't get to see too much from this company. And of course, uh, Boeing today coming out with some really bad EPS. How do you see travel across the pond? Yeah, I mean, I'm not so concerned. Oh, looks like we lost audio there for a second. There you go. You're back, Michael. For a second, we lost audio. Go ahead and re-speak that. So I don't know what you heard there. I mean... When looking at Airbus shares, and you know, for me, they look, um, you know, they look fairly decent. Demand orders, orders are looking fairly stable. I think the problem that you've got with Boeing is I still think that you've got that um, uh, hangover from, you know, the seven three seven three seven Max. I mean, I still am very reluctant to even get on one. Um, having said that, I went to Iceland a few weeks ago on one, and it was perfectly fine. But I think. You know, with airfares the way that they are, with cost of living becoming squeezed, I think airline orders are likely to be fairly constrained for a while. So Airbus shares are near their highs, around about 110 euros. Look a little bit toppy at current levels. I think there's potential for them to probably roll over a little bit in the short to medium term. Well, We've been well, on the line. You, get, Go you got anything else, Mitch? Or Dennis? No, you're good, uh, you're good Joel. All right, we've been on the line with Michael Houston. He's the chief market analyst over across the pond at CMC Markets, uh, giving us a good view uh, on the markets. Always, always appreciate having you on, and uh, we'll get you, get you back soon. Wrap up your day. Get home. Go get some dinner. <laughs> have a Thanks, good one, guys. Michael. Cheers. Good to have you on. All right, take a peek into the market. How are we doing, Joe? We still leaking? Yeah, we did. They they still got their foot on the uh, on the Microsoft and Google pedal here right now. So uh, just a slow leak uh, towards the pre market low. Uh, okay. Really, nothing stands out to me at uh, that twenty four and a quarter. That's the that's your current pre market low. So that little rally we had uh, four four thirty. That's starting to fade. Triple D. What do you what are you seeing out there in the order flow? Oh, it's. It's a lot of rotation. We're still seeing it. We're going to talk about this. I mean, the word of the day right now, at least, is rotation. Half stocks are green. You know, and you come in, you see it's down 35 handles, like everything's getting hammered. We're not in the everything market anymore. We were in the everything market a couple weeks ago. We're not in the everything market. We're in separation. So I'm looking, food stocks are all trading higher, like Costco, Target's up. Um, Consumer staples are trading higher. The banks are still green. The energy stocks are still ripping, seem to go up every day. Um, I've missed that trade um utilities are green and then the red stuff is higher pe and tech it's pretty much across the board boeing has went pretty heavy red here now yeah so it's dragging down where some of these airlines were trading up before they're actually turned to the red here now too just following boeing's lead so lots of rotation it's gonna be the word of the day not seeing any sniff of a of really buyers coming into the queues or into tech it's Not being yet. completely ignored or potentially even sold still. But we are still seeing buyers in other stocks. So the rotation is still very prevalent. You Let's want to see an interesting one. chart here? Uh, I do. Have you looked at Walmart lately? Rotation. I Look mean, there you go. Thing. This stock's near all-time highs. Not well, I guess the way it's off. Not 60. twenty bucks off, but still, if I I gotta get rid of these too many lines here, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, retail beat up, right? Let's uh, let's go after some retail here. I think I think Macy's had a good day yesterday too. So uh, uh, Macy's, let me bring up the letter M. Uh, yeah, that's had a good couple days. Down six cents here, and uh, 
since I gave my upgrade at Kohl's. It's had had a nice move over twenty eight. So, Mitch, you wanna you wanna cover some more earnings? I mean, all these stocks are so beat up. Again, it's the same stuff getting bought. You know, we were we were picking on the drugs yesterday, but you know the the retail is a good example too. They're lower PE. I mean, the Macy's P has been low for a while. They're selling high P and buying low P. That's what's yeah. happening today. But they've been buying low PE for a while. So PEs matter right now. And that's what is hot, you know, is what is has a low PE. Energy stocks, all low PE. Drug stocks, low PE. Retail, which has come back a little bit here, is starting to come back here, is lower PE. Garp, so it's not rocket say? science here. Those relationships matter, understanding that this isn't just an energy rally. The drugs are participating too. And drugs and energy have nothing to do with each other, but they're <laughs> linked in one thing. They both have low PEs, and that's what's working. Would it be GARP plays, Dennis? Um, not 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 really GARP because no growth. Just yeah, the growth you. isn't there on a lot of these. So I would just say it's just a pure low PE thing. GARP, okay. what Mitch is making a good point, is growth at a reasonable price. I'm kind of am always a GARP investor. You know, mm-hmm. Google was one of my major GARP plays the last decade because it was growth at a reasonable price. And I mean, it's still kind of growth at a reasonable price, although they're not growing as much right now. And that's, you know, the issue. But yeah. I don't really see it so much GARP. I just see low PE okay. is starting to come into favor. I mean, here's one, you know, Carmen Rio. I mean, it's again, those, it, when, when you get into commodities and getting into energy plays, they're cyclical businesses. So you don't want to get suckered. Sometimes by the low PEs, like we go to win Cleveland Cliffs and say, oh, it's low PE. You want to be in that. But at the same time, it's very cyclical. You know, and energy can be cyclical as well. So we have to be careful there. But drug stocks are not cyclical. So those are just pure, you know, and that's why they're probably getting bought more than anything. Because they're looking for low PE, like a Merck, like a Gilead, like, you know, Johnson and Johnson is not low PE, but it's getting thrown into there because it's got the consumer staple component too. It's always had a little higher PE. That's the stuff they're buying right now. They bought the Cleveland Cliffs yesterday, Dennis. They did, and it's low PE too. They did buy that dip on Cleveland Cliffs. So, you know, is it safe to continue and say, hey, this is going to get all back? It could. Again, because those earnings are so cyclical, I don't want to get caught in a value trap. You know, Microns always look like a cheap PE too. Um, but again, cyclical. You know, it goes to down, DRAM starts going down, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at negative earnings and you're like, holy cow, why did I pay for that? So you got to always just watch, you know, the businesses. But the drugs are not cyclical. I still like the drug stocks and pullbacks. Let's go to an upstock here. Visa came in with earnings. Let's talk about them. Q4 EPS at $1.93, beating the $1.87 estimate. Sales at $7.8 billion, beating the $7.57 billion estimate. Visa raising the quarterly dividend from $0.39 cents to $0.45 cents a share. Also announcing a new $12 billion uh, share buyback plan. 200 got there on the pop failed pull back i think uh the bulls they want to take control of this thing they got to get this over 200 and hold pretty nice move still maintain the green uh be more inclined to try and be a buyer in the lower 195 handle that would be the top of yesterday's range uh really nothing in here between 195 and 200 so pick your target there triple d any thoughts on visa Oh, you you own Mastercard, right? I still have Mastercard. I sold most of it back earlier this year. I sold around three fifty. Um, I've had it for a long time. I have a little legacy piece. This was one of my best holdings. My average cost basis is sixteen dollars, but I was just looking at the Mastercard PE and thinking we're going to recession. I was thinking 
that actually MasterCard could go down to the 200s, which it has touched into there. It's coming back here now. I'd be a seller of Visa and MasterCard on the rallies. Um, I do think, I, I, I do think they're solid businesses, but they're just not. You know, the valuations just aren't that cheap on these things. And again, we're in a valuation market. I'm moving, but more moving my portfolio from higher valuation to lower valuation to, to lower P stuff. All right, let's keep it going. We got a couple more that I want to get touching here. So let's do uh, Spotify Q3 EPS uh, at missing at a dollar, missing the 86 cent loss estimate. Uh, sales coming in at 3.04 billion, beating the 2.92 billion estimate. Total monthly active users at 456 million, up 20% year over year. Now, this reporting from Reuters, Spotify CEO. Daniel X says that price increase is something that we would like to do. So uh, keep that in mind. It looks like Spotify would be increasing their price probably. Who knows? Maybe this quarter coming up or could be going into the next year. doesn't fit the bill of a low P stock, I'll tell you that much. With that being said, I'll throw the question. I'll pose the question to you and also to the chat. There has been a significant rally and a lot of you know nosebleed valuation stocks here. Flat, everything rally. It was the everything rally, really. Mm-hmm. You're getting a pullback counter move here because of Microsoft. Do you yep. think Spotify finds a buyer at 90, Joel? Uh, I was just looking at the 50%. That came in right at 88, and it dipped there, and they bought it. So I think you're going to have – I don't think you're going to get a chance at 90 today. Yeah. Just the way this I think chart, the dip's getting bought in a stock like Yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, this Going. is a tough, tough bar here. Right from uh, from Monday, so you know gets back above Monday or Tuesday's low ninety five oh eight, and uh, the bull, you know, that's still a couple bucks away uh, to get it. But then after that, challenge green. I just can't, you know, ninety's a good number to look at. You know, just a nice round number. Just just the way this uh, fifteen minute chart looks, it looks like they already bought the dip. SP's starting to rally a little bit. Mitch, what's our next? Uh, I, our next I feel earnings? like this. I, I still feel like this S and is going to go green today, but. I might we will wait and see. Spotify, the one thing that I will say on Monday, it did have three times the average volume. So it looks like something is going that. on there. Yep. Just pointing it out there. Enphase Energy. Let's go to Enphase here. Uh, their EPS coming in at $1.25, beating a $1.08 estimate. Sales at $634.71 million, beating the $610.65 million estimate. They raised guidance. They see Q4 revenue at $680 million to a high end of $720 million versus the $660.21 million estimate. Enphase. Stock just fires on all cylinders, it seems like, all the time. Every time you get a pullback in this thing, it feels like just another buying opportunity again. With that being said, what's a 50% retracement move? 324 down to 247. Oh, that's some hard math there. 53 and 24, 75. 37 bucks up from 234. I'll carry you right around into here. Yeah. And it's uh, stalling also, out at the 50%. Yeah. And also, you got a, a, a well, you spiked up to 87.89 in the after hours. But I'd be right now, if I had this thing long, I'd be like, can I get this? Uh, can I get my sale off at 285.38? And there's a little gap between uh, that and 286.38. Uh, got to hop here in a second. I just, I just want to bring up one chart here. Dennis, have you seen what Snap's done? Oh, come right back. <laughs> I did. Snap back. Snap back. back. <clears throat> the market <laughs> went into full buy the dip mo in the last couple of days. 
I don't yeah, know if that's going to continue today, but Mitch, it, you're right. It, it it went full by the dip mode. Well, so it all started the with the Wall Street Journal report on Friday. The the talks of potentially the Fed slowing yeah. down in December. They were and looking at what has been dipping. And I, they use, jumped it. They jumped the gun. The they examples said, on some of these earnings plays even. Anything that was dipping, they were buying it. Yeah. Which makes that, that mentality has been holding true. We haven't had a trade yet. So you'll wonder if they don't do it in Microsoft and, and, and Google here too. There's still that possibility that they might come in and buy this dip. But they're buying dips. All right, guys, I'll let you guys uh, finish it up. And uh, everyone, have a great day. Great show today. Way to go, Mitch. Have a good one, Joel. Joel's getting out of here. I definitely will be watching. uh, Go ahead, Dennis. I know there's a lot going on. Go go do what you do best, my friend. Go back into the trading. And uh, one thing that I will point out is uh, there's still some more earnings reports, of course. Uh, We had Thermo Fisher getting hit there. You guys can take that out, TMO. Uh, There you guys see... They beat and beat, but still getting hit. Um, and my call on the Skechers. What do you guys think about the Skechers call? Uh, not a bad one there. Skechers coming in there and getting hit hard there. Down from 36, down to 31s. Yesterday, it did make a green move, so it was hard to kind of stay in that outlook. But Skechers missing here on the EPS. They beat on sales, but lowered guidance. See Q4 sales at 1.72 billion versus 1.77 versus the 1.79 estimate. So missing there on their estimate. It's like sketches getting hit. And full disclosure, I don't have a position. I just, you know, I looked into different short reports that were out there. We had Spruce Point Capital on on my show, Stock Market Movers, and we were looking into this, and it just seemed like, you know, especially with the warnings that were out from Nike, I think this still has room to come down. I think this eventually gets down there towards $28, $26, $25. We'll see what happens there in Skechers if it can keep breaking down. All right, that's going to do it for me. Like always, guys, hit the thumbs up. We'll keep going right here. Of course, if you guys enjoyed pre-market prep and everything that we have to offer you, we truly appreciate the thumbs up. It seems like there's not enough of you guys that are watching that are hitting the like. This really shows us, Benzinga, that you guys want to keep pre-market prep here and absolutely free. That's what it's all about. It doesn't take much. It takes a second. Just take that one second, hit that thumbs up, and show us that you guys appreciate pre-market prep. Now up, we got live trading with Benzinga. Lord uh, Lord Ryan, Zunaid, and I will be getting into it, of course. Uh, Zunaid killed it yesterday. I, I actually had a no trade day yesterday. It seemed like I got caught right out the gate to big bullish move. I didn't want to catch some of these kind of pullbacks because I just did not know where we were going. Took a day off, but I'm ready to get back to it. Let's get right over to live trading. That's coming up next. Like always, later today, we got great show for you guys. Don't go anywhere. We're going to have, of course, after uh, live trading, we'll get to Benzinga Live with AB. And later after that, I got stock market movers. And also, we'll be having a big webinar with Humble Trader, a day in the life of a day trader using Benzinga Pro. Don't miss that. That's going to be later on tomorrow on Thursday. So don't miss that. That's going to be a great webinar with Humble Trader. See you next time, team. Keep it going. Rise and shine. It's time to get after this market. I'll see you guys over on live trading.
Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.